today, bright and shiny face and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I tell you what, I want you to stand one more time just for a minute. Would you do that? I want you to do something this morning. I need some oxygen to my brain. Make sure that I still have one. Okay. I want, er- I want everybody to take a deep breath. Okay, now do a lap around the gym. I'm kidding. Okay. You, you, you can be seated. <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful for the Lord. You, you, can, you can be seated. I'm so grateful for the Lord this morning. It, uh, I'm still on Arizona time. And uh, I mean, we'd like to get out of here in about 20 minutes. Would you like to do that? About 21 minutes? How about an hour? Well, you can wait around. You can you can wait around. It's two hours difference in Arizona. It doesn't make a whole lot of difference, I guess, unless we we would get we would get back at the hotel about. I guess that would be about uh, here one o'clock. Probably get in bed at two o'clock uh, y'all's time, and. Uh, was a lot of wonderful things taking place. I, I'm just going to share with you some of these things this morning that stuck with me. I, I was telling someone, have you ever been so tired you couldn't go to sleep? You ever been there? And uh, I thought, wow, I get, got home at 6 o'clock, about 6 o'clock last night. And I thought, I'm just going to, I, I, did, I did something I haven't done, and I don't know when. I didn't even unpack my bags. I, I, just, I just took the I just took the suitcase, put it down beside the bed, and uh, flopped on the bed. I, I flop. <laughs> and uh, just flopped on the bed like a tuna, you know, coming out of the water. And I said, I'm just going to go to sleep. So help me. I, I started reminiscing all the things that, that uh, took place this last week. And I, I just couldn't go to sleep because it was like, and I said, Lord, is that what you want me to say tomorrow? Because right now I have nothing. I thought I had everything. And I have nothing, and I got the impression from the Lord. The Lord wanted me to share these things today, and I'm just going to share a few of them. Um, i literally blown away. Now, I have been to the Navajo Reservation and done work there, and I thought, well, they're all the same, but they're not. Um, one of the things I think you could appreciate was or didn't appreciate was that the Navajo kids are a little bit more well-disciplined than the Apache kids. And uh, I know that one of the older couples that was there, he, he was kind of getting, he was kind of getting a little frustrated. And he said, that's all there are is a bunch of wild little Indians. Uh, and of course, all of us was kind of gritting our teeth when he, he said there. But one, one of the things, one of the good things about the Apache, they don't take anything very seriously at all. And and he probably said it where it wasn't too loud, but all the kids was over just dying laughing. That was one of the things that got them together was when they heard themselves being called a bunch of wild little Indians. And uh, it's not exactly what you want to do when you're on an Indian reservation. But it, I want to read to you a scripture, and that's in 1 John. Uh, 1 John, the first chapter. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness 
and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. The longer we live and the longer we serve God, we build up experiences of what we have seen happen in church services, what we have seen when God begins to move, what we, what we have heard, and we are able to draw upon that in the time of desperation. At least that's the way it has been with me. I, I, when I go through things, I like to go back and reminisce what God has done in my life and know that there is something special out there. Because when it gets a... Can you turn me down just a little bit? Uh, maybe I'm just getting old. Of course, that's not it. But sound sometimes makes me, makes me a little nervous. And I have been with every night with about 75 kids. And my hearing is a little bit more sensitive now than it, than it was uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think you can appreciate that, especially you that have a lot of kids. And it kind of gets loud around the house. And when older people come around, they haven't heard that kind of volume in such a long time. It kind of grinds on them. But one of, that's one thing great about grandparents. We don't make a lot of noise about it. But we remember it. You know, it's always good to go and see the grandkids. But, oh, it is so good when you see them waving at you and you're leaving and going back home. How many knows what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. Oh, the greatest thing is to see those taillights head out, you know. <laughs> those kids. Come. Well, somebody knows what I'm talking about. I, I look at this, and I, last night I reminiscing some of the things, and by, by midnight, by midnight I, I didn't know whether to get up and just cry because I've seen God move so in such of these kids' life. I just want to read some of my, I don't normally do, I don't normally do journals. It's one of my shortcomings, but I, I put some of this stuff down to just show how God has blessed us to be going and ministering and watching those that are not in full-time ministry and how God moves upon them and, and see how they react when they see the seemingly the hopelessness that are in people's eyes. Saturday, we, Saturday we, we, we left to go to Nashville to take the plane out to go to uh, Phoenix. And we got there and we were getting out of the car and getting ready and the shuttle come a little faster than we were expecting. And so there, there's Neva with all of her 14 luggages, you know. <laughs> She's not here this morning, but... We, we did pretty good, actually. And so there, there was uh, me and Neva and uh, Joey and Sharon uh, and uh, all rode in the same car and all that luggage. And I thought I was going to have to put either Joey or Sharon up on the roof like a surfboard and strap them down because we had just about as much volume of people as we did luggage. We got them out and 
shuttle come by to take us right to the airport from the from the parking lot, and I was hurrying, trying to get every, get everything together on there. And me, I just had two pieces of luggage. I've kind of learned how to travel a little bit over the years. Jumped on there, and we were pulling away, and I realized I hadn't set my lock on my door, and so I was running to the back of the the shuttle and get my little, you know. And I was pushing, I was waiting to see that light come on, you know, if the tail light and see it blink, and never did. By that time, it was too late, and I just prayed under my breath, Lord, take care of this car. Because I had some other things in the car that I sure didn't want to get stolen, uh, like my Glock 19 9mm sitting on the side of my door and thinking, oh boy, <laughs> you know, and take off and I just say Lord please protect my car I've always had confidence I have always had confidence when I did something on the mission field always had confidence God would protect me some way or another I never really worried if the plane was going down hey when I was going to Nicaragua and was on the one of those pedal jumpers and that's like a 12 12 passenger plane little, little things was heading over the mountains in Nicaragua and it was on the way back actually and there was about three preachers of us in there and all of a sudden the plane was just going like this and there was only one person in there that was not part of our team and this little gal about 22 23 years old because she worked back in Managua and uh, and she was she was over there just trembling shaking and the rest of us in there just really enjoying it and I got it in my little video camera taking a picture of how rough it was in there and all that and we're all there in there laughing I was thinking you know only God's people could rest during all of this turbulence really wasn't worried because I mean I was thinking until one of the other guys I said boy wouldn't it wouldn't it be neat if the plane went down and we were martyred for the things of God and the little girl sitting over there and she heard that and she was just about ready to go into hysterics so we turned around and just prayed for her and everything she calmed down but I was saying I got off the plane we are crazy to have that much confidence in God that God will protect us you know what I mean now other times when I'd go and preach somewhere I you know I'd always pray please Lord don't let the pet don't let the pilot die you know <laughs> I weren't worried about anybody else but Lord please don't let it be our pilot's time to go I just prayed under my breath, Lord, please take care of my car. Don't let anything happen to it. Peace come over me. So I really didn't worry about it anymore after that. Got into Phoenix. Oh, the weather was just so beautiful. I fell 103 degrees, low temperature, you know, for, for Phoenix and, and everything. 7 o'clock at night. and 7.30, actually, at, at night, 103 degrees, yeah. And so I had to get up the next morning on Arizona time, two hours earlier than it is here. Got up the next morning, got to church, and it was going to be a blended service that morning because they had English-speaking service and they had Spanish-speaking service, and they all came together. And Pastor Jeremy just preached a fantastic uh, uh, message. And, and, of course, you know, Pastor Jeremy, we got away about one. That's funny. Okay. You know, I'm saying he's long, long-winded preacher. You get it? Oh, y'all are awake this morning, I can tell. 
a great service, got away and started heading up in the mountains to where we were going to be. Wonderful time of the Lord. So we, after we got up there, we got there about a four-hour drive up into the mountains, the Petch Engine Reservation. And I kept watching the, the traffic on the other side of the street. There was 45 miles of stop-and-go, bumper-to-bumper traffic coming back down from the mountains. And, I, and they said, well, that, the reason for that is that on, the, on the weekends, they go up into the mountains where it's about 25 degrees cooler. I said, That's, this is great. Got up there, was running late, stopped at the, stopped at the motel where we was going to stay out. Switched, uh, switched around some supplies and got, got to the campground about 7 o'clock, which we should have been there probably about an hour before that, and began to realize it had, this is the monsoon weather. Wasn't exactly expecting that. Got out to the camp, pulled up on there, went to, how many of you guys remember Fort Apache? Did you ever see those westerns with Fort Apache? Uh, got news for you, it's nothing like the real thing. <laughs> and pulled out there, went on this dirt road for about five, four miles, something like that. One camp meeting was a little closer, and another campsite was where we were having a camp meeting. Big old white tent pitched out there, seat about 300 people. That's not where we went. We, that was the adult part. All of a sudden, sliding through the mud, pulled up to this semi-barn for horses and so you get a kick out of that because when we got out and had to put a, we had to put a, uh, uh, some wood down to step over the water that was out there and the first thing I seen was horse manure you know and what they had done is instead of taking the horse manure out they just pushed it over in the four corners so you know a great aroma was coming you know towards us and we were in there for about an hour setting up and kids was by that time kids were gathering around I don't remember how 50 50 maybe 75 kids out there and they were ready to come in and came in we had we were ministering to the children that's what our that's what our mission was out there the, the adults had their camp me and Pastor Jeremy and and uh, Rick were going to be the speakers uh, uh, Monday, uh, Monday night Wednesday night and Friday night all of a sudden, all these kids come in, and we were trying to figure out everything we were supposed to do. The first night was kind of rough in regard to that. So I took care of concession, not concessions, snacks. At this little corner over there that probably the table was just about this big, and I'm, I'm filling these little water cups up with uh, uh, lemonade and, and getting some of the other snacks all ready to lay out there. And I, I, I will never forget it when it was... And, of course, uh, snacks were the last things. So they're screaming and hollering, and I'm really feeling sorry but for, for the adults that are fixing to do the ministering to the kids. Besides dealing with the mosquitoes, you know, that was as big as Texas bats. And uh, sitting there, and they, they were coming up, and I kept noticing that they kept coming back. You know, I thought, well, I'm, I'm only going to have to fill up about 50 50 uh, uh, of both of them, these, these cups. And all of a sudden, the kids started coming back and 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 coming back. And I'm thinking, I've got two options here. I can cut this mess out, you know, 
or I, I can just keep filling these cups up. You know, I don't know about you. If you filled up, if you filled up fifty cups three times, you, you, you know, your thumb is wore out. You know, on those Google, uh, on those uh, coolers. You know, and I looked into their. I started looking into their eyes, and I said, Lord, please show me something spiritual here. You know, and I mean, it may sound funny, but your first thing is, hey, they've already got their. They've already got their snacks and they've already got their drinks. And I started looking at some of the kids' eyes. And in those eyes, I saw something that made my heart melt. Began to question them. Do you normally, uh, trying to get some information. One little, one little girl come up to me and I said, how many times have you been up here? I haven't been up here. I haven't been up here. They're the greatest liars I've ever heard in my life. And one of them just kind of took up with me, and she said, I hadn't had anything to eat today. Oh, I'm going to tell you. You look at the little gummy bears, and you think, this is what we're giving them as a snack. And they kept coming back, and they kept coming back, and that's the only thing they'd had that day. So the first night was definitely a challenge in regard to how we do the kids. And after that first night, I began to realize I don't care if they come back for an hour. I don't care if they get, come back and get 12, 12 drinks or 12 of the snacks we were giving them. I wanted to give it till we ran out. I looked at them and I, I, was, so, I was so amazed at what I seen in their eyes. And they would literally look, they would literally look up at you as if they've never, never had anything to eat before. Oh, did I say that, that that night when we got in, they were packing everything up, and they found out the lights on the trailer didn't work? That was at 9 o'clock at night. We had to, So what, what they wound up doing, men, you appreciate this. So what they wound up doing, they, they wound up getting jumper cables and hooking it onto the truck and putting the jumper cables onto the, onto the neck of the of the trailer to get a ground deal. So here we were driving down Sunday, Sunday afternoon, going up the deal with a jumper cable hooked onto the car and a jumper cable hooked onto the trailer. And we really looked impressive, I'll tell you. It was, it was really something. The service was amazing. The kids were very disorganized, you might say. But one of the great advantages was it was only about 78 degrees. That's pretty good when you leave Phoenix and it's 103 and you get up to Pine or Fort Apache and you get down there at the campgrounds, it's only 70, 74, 78 degrees, something like that. Dealing with the mosquitoes was a totally different deal. I looked like some redneck from Arkansas. I really did. And I have these two little things that goes, I was ready because one of them is supposed to be a mosquito repellent and it kind of blows some air around. They tell you those things work. They do it if there's no wind blowing. But there's wind blowing, it blows that stuff every which way. So I was prepared. I not only had one of them, I had two of them. So here it was the first night, didn't work too good. I only had one. Second night, I had one on this side and one on this side. Wednesday night, I decided to change it up. I put it on my hat. So I had one of those things on one side of the hat and another, another one on the other side of the hat. Oh, I look good until it's time for me to preach at night, and I'm not going to go into that. But I noticed, I noticed this one little kid, his name was Manuel. Little kid, he, 
He had hair clear down to his waist and the back tied into a ponytail. Manuel had no dad, had no mother. He was living with his grandma. He was in there and really watching him because he looked like he was ready to take anything he could get his hands on. And when it come that time for the crafts, we had very, very well organized so that the kids had to move around and do some things. When it came to that, he, he just really got involved in the thing. And then he, we, we gave out prizes. He didn't get anything. And he began to cry. And this kid, this little kid that was probably 8, 10 years old, and seeing a, really a husky kid. And all of a sudden, he started crying. Go over to him. And I said, what are you crying for? This is the last night I'm going to be here, and I didn't win anything. I didn't get anything tonight. It just really crying. Had an opportunity to pray with him and prayed that he would be able to, to come back. Manuel, he had to walk eight miles by himself, go home at night about 10 or 10.30 down a road, no flashlight. So you have a tendency to show compassion and you ha have a tendency to show, to have patience when you know the background of the kids alone. Monday, when we, when we went out there, had trouble with the lights. Or Monday, we went to a place called Canyon Day uh, Church. Pastor Jeremy and I had an opportunity to go last September when we were there. And we really felt between the three churches that we met, the pastors and that, we felt like this was the one that God was calling us to go to this last week. Canyon Day. A few years ago, church is really doing good. Kids were coming in. Kids turned around and burnt the church down. So all that's out there, there was the youth center that was out there, still out there, that they'd turned into a church. And there's this slab of concrete out there where the church had been. Somebody had come in and brought two trailers and double wides and hooked them together, but it was in bad shape. We've got pictures, and we're putting together a slide to show in a, in a couple of weeks. I mean, the floor, the floor was bad. Ceiling tiles were down paneling on the walls. We decided to do this. We, were we went in there Monday, and we decided we were going to paint it. So we put the primer on there and everything, and just really hard to do. Because where we stayed to Canyon Day was about 45 miles, and we would be doing that two times a day, or back and forth one time a day. Got in there, did it. Got in there, worked about eight hours on the thing. Headed back to Pine Top where we stayed. Got something to eat. Everybody decided they were going to take a 15-minute power nap. Got back up and headed down the hill again. Rain coming down. A lot of things began to happen. Got there that night, and I want to tell you about someone named Marianne. Marianne had made a commitment that she was going to help. On that night, Marianne left the house about 
4 o'clock in the afternoon to get there by 7.30. Had no transportation, couldn't find anybody to pick her up. When she got there that night, I, I went out there to the, to the concession stand where she was going to be, and I noticed Mary Ann. And Mary Ann had got there about 5.30, 5.36. It took her two hours to get there. And I looked at her, and I said, did it rain? Did it rain on you? She said, she dropped her head. Indians have a tendency to do that. They won't really look you in the eye. And she said, no, it didn't rain, but it rained all night long and up to about 2 o'clock this afternoon. I said, so how did you get there? She said, I walked. I said, why are you so wet then? She said, she ducked her head down. She said, I had to walk through the river and I got wet. And her T-shirt had water up to her chest, soaking wet all the way down. I said, you walked through a river that was that high on you? She ducked her head. I said, don't hold your head down. Hold your head up and look at me and tell me. She said, yes. I said, why? Why did you do that? She said, I made a commitment that I would help tonight. So when I went out to the concession stand, you know what she had made a commitment to do? She made a commitment to take care and do fried bread. Nothing spiritual. But she had made a commitment. I have to be there because I made a commitment. I said, so you started out at 4 o'clock. You walked all that way. You walked through a river that was up to your chest. That here my nephews and nieces sending me pictures from Oklahoma and how that cars had been swept away by two feet, two feet of river. And she walked through a river that was up to her chest because she had made a commitment that she was going to help fry, fried bread that night. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, what made her do this? It wasn't anything in service. It wasn't anything with the kids. All it was was to cook fried bread for the people that showed up that night. What made her do this? Oh, I, I, I tell you, it just, it stirred me and it shook me so much of what her commitment was and it not even being anything in regard to the church. Pastor Jeremy preached Monday night, did a fantastic job. The altar was full, around 50 people. I'm going to tell you, was looking out there into the tent and was dealing with all that mosquitoes and the bugs. It, the bugs were so amazing. I'm telling you, we got to, we got to identify the bugs that tasted good and we, because my throat's a little scratchy today because of all, and so it kind of affected my di digestive system. And I, I, I noticed that there was one bug that was, it really liked my back. I mean, I could feel it going down my collar and down there, and I, didn't, I couldn't distinguish the first night if it was rain or if it was a bug. So I'm out there, and I guess some of the people thought I was really getting in the spirit because, you know, hallelujah. You know, trying to pray for him, and you know, and 
trying to, you know, and I'm, I'm like, woo, you know. Anyway, people come up so hungry for the things of God. Some of them were sitting underneath the tent. It was really unique because when I'd look out there, couldn't see anybody. And then when I walked, walked over to the tent, I noticed everybody was on the left-hand side. I'm trying to think, why is everybody on the left-hand side? So after I got in there, I realized no one was sitting in the center because that's where all the bugs were. They had one big light, and the light was right there in the center. So that's where nobody wanted to sit, you know. And so it was kind of unique in regard to that. Wednesday night, got back. I'd been praying all afternoon because it's my night to preach. And just rebuking the enemy and anything that would disturb the service. Got there that night and a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges took place. God moved. While I'm up in there and service finally starts at Turns it over to me at 9.15. Can you believe that? 9.15 at night. They get started about 7 o'clock. Turn it over to me first night. I mean, Wednesday night at 9.15. I get a message uh, from, from, from somebody in, in the kids. It says 15 kids gave their heart to the Lord Wednesday night. 15 kids. They averaged 60. One night there was 76 kids and it went down to 50. But it was almost like every night there was new kids that was there. And I thought, we are planting a seed. And can I tell you this? I want to tell you, thank you, New Life Church. Because from this, we saw a seed planted that only time can tell what God is going to do with those children. Why did, why did we do that? Why did we do that? Why, the, the cost of it is nothing compared to the harvest that we saw. I looked down one night. It was, it, it was Thursday night. Thursday night, everything happened. It was the greatest time, but it was the most frustrating time because it poured down rain hard. Lightning was streaking. Thunders was clapping. Smell was just getting better and better. Because by this time, the water was all that harsh manure over in the sides of the corner was kind of washing down, you know, from the sides. There's nothing like missions, I'll tell you. You, you put up with things that you'd never put up with at home. Besides that, the, the roof was not very well put together. There's hardly any place in there that there wasn't mud and all those supplies were getting wet and all that. And I looked down, I felt somebody tugging on my leg and I looked down. Mary Ann, about five years old, was hugging on my leg and all the kids were going to go out to the main tent and they were going to sing some of the songs that we had learned in the children's portion. Felt that little tug down there. Marianne looked up at me and she had four teeth missing on the top and smiling, big time smiling. And 
said, what are we doing? And I said, we're going to go to the main adult tent and we're going to sing tonight. She said, oh, good. Said, are we going to have any snacks tonight? And I said, yeah, hon, we're going to have snacks. She said, good, I haven't had anything to eat today. Oh. And she said, can I walk with you? I said, yes, you can. Took her little hand, walked about 50 yards up to the other tent. What are we going to do again? I said, you're going to go up there with the rest of the kids and you're going to sing some of those songs that we learned. Oh, good. Are you going to be here when I get through? I said, yes, hon. I'll be right at this pole. She said, you won't run off, will you? I said, no. They got up there and they sung and those adults just got up and started started uh, getting behind those kids and they sung two songs. And I, I noticed little Mary Ann, she kept on looking, step in front of the other ones and keep looking over there and see, was I there? And then all of a sudden, all of them started coming off the deal and I, I walked back up to that position was Mary Ann kind of she kind of got lost in the crowd. And I, know, and I saw her. And she was, she was looking around desperately. And I got over where she, and, I, and, I went, and she just ran over to me, grabbed my hand. Are we going to have snacks now? Why do we do this? For the sake of the call. She grabbed my hand. We walked across the mud and slid into the other part, uh, missing the horse manure. Got in there, the mosquitoes were just really, really bad. Got in there, and she said, can I have some snacks now? I said, yes, you can. You come right with me, and you're going to get right up in the front of the line. She said, oh, thank you. That, by that time, I, I couldn't hold the tears back. Could not hold the tears back. You know, one thing that I learned about it, you hear how uh, the U.S. government has gave so much to the union, it's full of baloney. Really, it's full of baloney. I was so, I was so aggravated when I saw when I saw what was being done, and especially what was not being done. Was kind of, when we first came into the camp, Neva was sitting in the back on the left hand side, and I was sitting up in the front of the SUV on the right hand side. And there was this thing that was a, something like a barn. And I'm thinking, you know, I've seen plenty of those that nobody's living in here in the states anymore. And I, I, I talked, I said, Rick, why don't they just go and tear that down? He said, no, somebody's living in that. I said, I cannot believe somebody's living in that. He said, it's true. So anyway, the service come to an end Thursday night. We'd seen, I don't know, 75, more than 75 kids come to the Lord. Oh, Thursday night was hard. Our last night, our last night. Kids is crying, blowing snot everywhere, and some of the adults were too. And just really stirred up by the kids that had been so mean, but showed such a love for us that was unbelievable. Saw some of the worst ones calm down. I saw this one kid. There was three uh, two by eights 
tuba eights laying out there for benches for the kids to sit on. I saw this one kid. He looked like he's about 10 or 12 years old. I saw him out there. I saw him move from the chairs in the back up to the third row, up to the second row, and up to the first row through those nights. And he was always participating. We did a memory verse, and he would always memorize them by the end of the memory session. Got up there that night when we were up on the platform, and the kids were singing. And one of our girls, her name was Christina. Got to tell you about Christina. Christina was one of the girl, one of the little girls that went with us up to up there. She was leading the choir, and she was ten years old. And it came time for them to lead the memory verse. She picked that boy out and gave him, 10 years old, gave him the mic, said, you, oh, I don't know. He said, yes, you can. He took the mic. He never missed a beat. He knew exactly what the memory verses was. God was dealing with that boy. God was dealing with many of those kids. Why do we do this for the sake of the call? Why did, why did, Mary, uh, why did uh, Mary Ann cross a river to come to just, to just fry bread for the sake of the call? Uh, to make a long story short, there are so many stories that was in it. I could tell you about Christina, who I had seen 10 years old. She would jump up in the pickup truck with, a, with the uh, uh, camper on uh, you know, one of those shells on the back. We had to load every night and unload. And, and, and Christina was always up in there. And we were, we, were putting, we were putting the supplies up there. And Marianne was just in there and stacking it in and, and everything. I seen the hard work she was doing. Thursday, come, Thursday came around and we got a chance to go see a couple of things and relax because we'd got through with the, with the uh, Canyon Day Church and, and, and made it really look nice. And Mary was, and I kept seeing her, and she was herding the little kids around, and she's like Big Mama at 10 years old. Christina is about this tall. I mean, I could tell you stories about Christina that, that blow your mind. And I saw her herding all those kids around, and finally got out there and was getting, a getting some time off. I said, I'm going I'm to get $20 out of my pocket and I'm going to hand it to her and give it to her and tell her, get yourself something. I handed it to her and, and she said, oh, thank you, Pastor Prentice. She took it, she went over to her kids and bought stuff for them and never got herself anything. I said, I'm watching this girl. Thursday night rolled around, we got back, pulled out another $20. And I said, I saw what you did. God saw what you did. Why do we do these things? For the sake of the call. She preferred her, her the one she was over. Oh, Joshua. Joshua was one of the other, other couple's kids. Joshua was over there, and, and, and he had his responsibility. His was putting up the posters. Everybody had something to do when we, when we got there every night. That was Joshua's, what he was supposed to do. And I heard him talking, and I think it was Susan was talking to him and said, we won't name somebody else uh, to go over, and, and he spoke up. Now, he's, he's about seven years old. He's about this tall. He said, I really appreciate that, but that is my responsibility, and I would be happy to have her to help. 
I'm thinking, this kid <laughs> is great. Seven years old and taking on the responsibility. Thank you, but that's in my, that's in, that's in my responsibility. But I would appreciate the help. Thinking of him. Say this about Christina. Christina should have been aborted when she was born, but she wasn't. Her mother was 13 years old when she gave birth to Christina. Her grandma wound up having to raise her. Her mother finally got saved two years ago, but she, Christina and her little sister was still staying with her grandma. Christina come up to Christina come up to Susan Rick uh, Rick Bennett's uh, wife and said, "You know, I've had a great I've had a great time with my grandma, but said mother has got saved and she's got her life straightened out. I think it's time that we developed a relationship together." Ten years old, Christina, the one that helped so much in packing up and unloading and gathering the kids together. I'm thinking, this girl's special. She has got, God's going to use her exceptionally, beyond measure, because of her work ethics. It's so good. Why does she do, why does she do this? For the sake of the call. And all those, you know, I, I found it very unique. And thinking back about that last night at midnight, when I was wanting to sleep so bad and God just starts reminiscing different points that he showed me that night and to realize God's got some workers and it doesn't make any difference what color they are, what nationality they are, or what ethnic group or economic group they're in. God's got people that he can use and he will use them. Why do we do this? We do this for the sake of the call. It's one thing to just talk about what God has done for you. So that's kind of what we did in ministry and getting to know the kids. Oh, I sat out there one day, I walked out, I walked out on walked out just before supper one night and I on the porch to just get some fresh air and and everything back at the hotel. I'm looking across where Pastor Jeremy and Haley is across from me. And I'm seeing Haley out there sitting in a chair and four of those little kids sitting out there in front of her and she's instructing them what they're going to do that night. And I'm thinking, maybe, maybe some of you saw that picture on Facebook that I put on there, I'm not sure. And, I, and I'm thinking, that, that there, is, there is Emma... There is Eden sick in the ho in the motel room. Pastor Jeremy's inside there with him, and and uh, Eden's running 102 temperature. Emma's sick because of the mosquito bites, and found out that the little one and, and Emma are are both allergic to mosquito bites, and it looked like they had chicken pox on their face. It was just so. Pastor Jeremy was taking care of them in there, and and Haley was out there sitting down, teaching and instructing the four kids on the puppet ministry for that night. I'm thinking, our kids are sick. They're in there, and she's out there taking care to make sure that what those kids are going to do is going to fit in and minister to the kids. Why do you do those things for the sake of the call? 
So what did you do last week? What was it that was difficult for you last week? Closing out with this. How am I doing? Uh, a little longer than what I expected. It was all loaded up. Christina was getting out of the truck, last one. Helping loading that mess up, all that stuff. They took off. Susan come to the SUV, and she was bawling. I mean, she was crawling. Rick, Rick's wife, Rick, the ones that were here, been here several times. She was just crying. She got in, and she was crying so hard, I couldn't hardly understand what she was saying. And finally, she calmed down, and she said, the last boy, said, I went to him and said, why don't you come down and sit down at the craft table and make something? I said, no, nope, don't want to do it. He says, why don't you want to make something so you can hang it on the wall at your house? He said, nope. Kid was about seven years old. Susan kept pushing. She said, why don't you want to do it? Dad kicked me and mom out of the house. She said, well, where are you staying? Well, till the end of the week, we're staying here in one of these shanties. What are you going to do after that? have no idea. Won't you make something? Nope. Don't want to make anything. Don't know what's going to happen next week. Don't know where we're going to be. The only thing I've had to eat all week is what the snacks is that we've got here. She said, would you let me pray for you? Nope. No use. Seven years old. Susan said, how can we go all week long and not reach this kid and his mother? It was almost like it was the anticlimactic part of the whole week and felt so down. Said to her, you have to realize we planted a seed. We have to let somebody else water it. And we have to let somebody else harvest what it is. Found out half the kids that came to those meetings every night were not even children of the parents in the tent. They just come out of the mountains and came in to where the lights were. Wasn't sure what it was. And I go back to that. God is light. And in Him there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. And He will attract those that have no hope and no future like a moth to a light bulb. There is just something there. Why did we do it? Why did we spend the money that we spent? Why did we endure the difficulties that we went up against? What is the attraction of that? It's for the sake of the call. It's for the sake of the call. The same light that attracts moths, the same light 
under those tents at night that attracted those kids. The same word, there's a little snack down there in a shanty that smells terrible. But there's a little bit of food that will take care of us till the next day. That same light that attracts those in need are the same light when it shines on our heart and God gives us a burden to go help somebody. When those things come together, God uses us maybe like we've never been used before. I, I noticed Joy, Joy Bradley was not very outspoken or what you might call a spiritual exuberant type. Was in the 10th Thursday night, there was a kid come up to him and grab a hold of his hand who was about 13 years old and gave him hell all week. And he said, I know I've been bad this week, but said, would you pray for me? Joy, tear coming down his cheek. Never had done anything like that before. Reached down and prayed for that young boy. Come over to Susan with a big old smile and say, did you see what I got to do? I got to pray for a kid. Never done that before. Never prayed for anybody before like that. And I've done it. Why did he do it? For the sake of the call. For the tugging on his heart that he would never forget. As that boy would leave that tent tonight, he would not forget what God done for him in that. When Joy left the tent that night, he will always remember the young boy that he reached down and held onto his hand and prayed for him and prayed that God would do something special for him. So why did we do it? Why did we do the, endure the bugs? Why did we endure the mosquito bites? Why did we endure all that and the tug of the, of the work that we've done on that building out there and the, on those two and a half days for the sake of the call and to help somebody have something a little better than what they had had the week before? I tell you, today I would love to be at Canyon Day service because those kids that would come in there and they would, they would have service in that rundown room where, where half the lights were working, where the windows were broke out, where the, where the paneling was, was creeping away from the wall and the flooring had cracks and holes in it. And when they would work, walk in there that day, they'd see new paint on the wall. They would see those red, blue, and what do they call those plastic things on the floor, you just put them together and it's almost like puzzle. And, and they lap them together. They, they had those things in red and blue and, and, and yellow that we, we had taken and we, and we had put half of them down on the floor and had covered half of them. I would have loved to have been there that day. And when they look up on the wall and they see uh, something like a red wagon on the wall and they would see these treasures uh, like gold and silver and something coming down on the deal and, 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 it, and the scripture underneath it that we are treasures, that they have hope. And to see the transforming thing that we had participated in so that we could give them, they would not recognize it, love to be there. Why did we do that? 
Why did Joey bump his leg on the, on, the, on, the, on the hitch on the truck and it bought him all week? Why did we put up with the sores on our back and the mosquito bites and all that kind of thing? For the sake of the call. And let me say thank you. Thank you for every nickel, dime, dollar, every piece of money that you have invested in the kingdom of God. There's results. And this is the reason we were able to do what we did. See those kids transform from a bunch of little rowdy kids and see the appreciation in their eyes and the tears. I really think we left something more than just the work we did more than just the games they played, but we left something in their spirit. Why did we do it? For the sake of the call. For the sake of the call. Can we all stand together this morning? I'd just like to pray for you for a minute. Father, I, I thank you for the experiences that I have participated in this last week. To see that I'm not concentrating on the problems even that I face. But understanding no matter how rough it has been for us individually, there's always somebody out there that is going through a lot more stuff than I have. I thank you for the wake-up call. Lord, I pray that what I have shared this morning of just this week in the lives of those that went on the Apache Indian Reservation. Lord, that it would help every one of us individually to share in what had been done because everybody that has ever gave in this church shares in what we did this last week. I pray, Lord, that it will inspire those that have sat under this time of sharing it, it would affect them to the place that they realize there's a lot of things that every one of us could do. Lord, from cooking fried bread to painting walls to preparing to go and to plant seeds of hope into the lives of individuals that are hurting Lord, I, I pray that all of us would examine ourselves today and realize how even though we have gone through many things this last week, Lord, we have been so blessed. And I pray, Lord, that you will just cause our eyes to be open and ears to be unstopped. and Lord, to realize I don't set up one chair in this place for myself. I I set up a chair for somebody else that they can sit in here. That my job on the setup is not something that goes unrecognized, but it's all a part of your plan for us to come together. Lord, I, I, thank, I thank you today that we do have air conditioning in here. Though it drips on the floor up here sometimes, we've got air conditioning. I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to go 50 yards to an outhouse or a porta potty 
to go to the restrooms. I thank you, Lord, that we can do it inside this building. I thank you, Lord, that when we go out of here, we don't have to walk out with a flashlight. Lord, and watch every step we take that we don't snap on a snake and start a scorpion. I thank you, Lord, that when we go to bed at night, we can feel some, some, some way safe and protected compared to some of those that we saw this last week. I thank you, Lord, that you are protecting Pastor Jeremy and all those that are in the van and heading back and will be in tonight or in tomorrow. I thank you for giving them a safe trip. I thank you, Lord, that there is nothing that is being done that does not build up your people. Lord, that the seed we planted will be on good ground. And that, Lord, we can share in the joy as your word has said, we, we, we tell of these things that we have seen with our eyes, we have heard with our ears, and we have handled the things of God, and we express these things that our joy may be full. I thank you, Lord, that I see where every dollar that I have put in here has been applied wise, and we have seen the results, especially this last week. I thank you, Lord, and I pray that the joy of the Lord goes before each and every one of these that are here today. I pray, Lord, that it will lift them up and let them know truly they are blessed and that, Lord, you have been very good to us. And when we hear that question, why do we do these things, we will know that it's for the sake of the call. Why do we get up early in the morning on Sunday morning and we come out in spite of the heat, in spite of the kids, in spite of the husband, in spite of the wife, in spite of all the problems, and we're able to come up and we're able to come in here and we can feel truly the presence of the Lord. I pray your blessings upon these, your people today, and may they find the joy of the Lord in you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. If you would put our benediction up there, we'll...